0: Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue Central Show is supported in part by these great sponsors. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and barbecue pits. Their website is thebbqguru.com. Also, Butcher Barbecue, maker of injections, rubs, and sauces. Their website is butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for anything in the barbecue and grilling industry. To include World Championship winning rubs, their website, BigPapaSmokers.com. And by CookShack, maker of pellet and electric cookers. You can visit them at CookShack.com. Also, Chops Power Injector System. Three different size injectors to choose from. Find out more at BarbecueKansasCity.com. And that's Barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and versatile cookers out there on the market. Visit them at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get Smokin' with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokinwithsmithfield.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the finest pellet cookers on the market. Their website, greenmountaingrills.com. Also, by Cookin' Pellets, manufacturer of wood pellets to fire wood pellet cookers. Their website is cookinpellets.com. You can also purchase on amazon.com as well. And finally, by Unknown Barbecue Supply, makers of lid hinges, chimney grillers, and much more. You can visit their website, unknownbbq.com shop. Use promo code REMPY for 15% off your entire order.
1: Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show.
2: So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's
3: safe? Whatever.
2: We put the lighter fluid on,
3: strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea.
0: Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We are broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Widely known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Reppi. Happy to have you aboard here on a Tuesday evening. Tuesday? Had a Tuesday, but blustery, snowy, windy, witch's tit cold here on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City. However, we are persevering through a day off of school because it promised to be really bad, and now it's getting really bad at about 9 o'clock Eastern, otherwise a smattering of snow, especially if you're used to snow coverings, nothing like they're getting up there in the northeast section of the country. However, if you would love to get in on the show tonight,
4: let me give you some contact info to
0: do that. Stand by.
4: You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at com On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central bbqcentralshow.
0: Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter, which was sent out a little bit tardy. That's my bad. Had a lot of stuff going on today, but it did go out nevertheless. Here's what's happening. It is the second Tuesday of the month. Halfway through the first, well, we're almost halfway through the last month of the first quarter. The second Tuesday of the month brings a recurring guest, of course, Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. Everybody loves Meathead They love the second Tuesday of the month. He is the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website, AmazingRibs.com. And what will he be talking about tonight? Well, a couple weeks ago, Meathead in Paradise took place. So either to his happiness or to his chagrin, we'll be getting a little bit of a recap on that whole production. We'll also be talking a little bit about the HPB Expo. More along the lines of did he hear back from uh, Max Good, who was in attendance on anything new that might be worthwhile piecing together here while we're on segment time in the show. And then mostly for the two segments, we'll be talking about some things we'll be cramming our face with towards the end of the week. That being brisket and or pastrami and or corned beef, St. Patrick's Day blackout drunk. Here we go. Hashtag blackout. So that's going to be Meathead Goldwyn, nine fourteen and nine thirty-five. At ten fourteen, we will revisit with a twenty fifteen Team of the Year title winner. He fifth uh, finished fifth last year overall, and as the pitmaster of Clark Crew Barbecue Team, Travis Clark will be joining me. As I had mentioned a couple minutes ago, we're almost through the first quarter of the year. So three months into the competition barbecue season, if you can believe it. So we'll talk to Travis about where that first quarter is lying with him right now, a little bit about his offseason, and then, of course, where the rest of the season or at least the next three months of the season takes place. We all know it's a 12-month season more or less anymore, amongst some other hot topics that I'll be asking him about that he has no idea that I'm going to be asking him about. So stay tuned for that. Travis Clark, always a great interview. Not afraid to tell you what is on his mind or give you his thoughts about the state of the barbecue union, sanctioning bodies, judges, other cooks, flavor profiles, all that good stuff. And then at 935, the Embedded Texas correspondent, Doug Scheiding, will be joining me to discuss in detail, amongst other things, the Houston Livestock and Rodeo Dessert Announcement Debacle. I'm still, did that make national online news, Doug? Like Yahoo, or was that just like local Texas? If you didn't see it, don't ruin it just yet. Wait an hour and change and listen to Doug recount the tale of yet another incredible announcement mistake made right out there in the open, live as it's happening, only to be found out a little too late. Wow. We'll get into some other items with Doug as well, but that will carry the balance of his interview segment. So, there you go. Meathead Goldwyn coming up here shortly over the next hour. Travis Clark, Clark for Barbecue, and at uh, 1035, Doug Scheiding, Embedded Texas Correspondent. All right, uh, if you didn't know, the show's live, local late breaking. Please make a Facebook uh, post or tweet or get on whatever social media platform that you're a fan of. Maybe the Instagrams, although they don't allow you to hotlink on there. I don't like that. Let everybody know the show on. A couple different websites to send them to. The main website for audio, thebbqcentralshow.com. The main video syndication partner of this show, although we continue to branch out on the video side. I think I'm either going to need bigger processors and or bigger upload, or as we say in the biz, upstream speeds for my internet service provider, which I have no bigger stream to go up to. I'm happy to spend the money. I've maxed out. OutdoorCookingChannel.com slash Watch-Now dash is the main video, occasion, uh, video syndication partner. Also, we're streaming live to my personal Facebook page, Greg.Rempe. We're also streaming live to Twitch.TV slash Show, And, of course, you can get it on Roku as well, Outdoor Cooking Channel. If you're not familiar with IP television like Roku, if they usually have like an app store. So go into there and search for Outdoor Cooking Channel, and if you find it, download it, and then you have not only access to a live stream that Outdoor Cooking Channel provides, but then you have access to the host of a video archives. I believe I'm the only show that's actually doing a live show. Uh, I do not have it under any good authority, but it appears that Chad Ward has uh, retired from doing a show. Talks about doing a show, but is retired from doing a show. So I believe I'm the only one doing a live weekly show covering the industry of barbecue and grilling right now, at least this week. So pass it around, let everybody know the show's on, and it's going to be great. I got no less than 75 emails last week. I was getting messages as the segment was transpiring with one Theodore Reader from tedreader.com. And I think, the, by and large, the majority of people were like, the segment that you did with Ted Reader or, for the people that were writing in as the segment was happening, the segment you are doing with Ted Reader is like instant classic, the best segment ever. If you section this segment out of the show and put it up against any other segment, this one wins. It's a no-brainer. It's internet radio gold, whatever you want to call it. And I have to agree, it was one of the most entertaining – educational, and comedic segments that have ever been aired on this show. We were talking about lamb's testicles, which lends itself to me crafting questions with double entendre or saying things like balls in your mouth or what does the balls in your mouth taste like? Things like this, legitimate questions that need to be asked, but geez, if you're listening to it, you think... What the hell kind of questions am I asking? And I don't know if there was any better guest other than Ted Reader, that would be able to pull off that segment without getting lost in the jokes that may or may not really be happening or letting your mind drift into some other who-knows-where-it's-going-to-go, but really getting to the crux of the conversation, giving you great information about Lamb's testicles, how to prep them, how to season them, the different ways he cooked them, the different flavor profiles he was taking in as he was eating them. The pictures were great. It really was one of the best segments in recent memory. So if you missed it, all of my shows are recorded audibly. They are recorded on the video side. It helps, I guess, if you've never seen Lamb's testicles before. It might help you get an idea of, from the aesthetics standpoint to see it. But in my humble opinion, this show first was an audio-only show first, right? The Barbecue Central radio show, which has no video to it. So to me, going back and listening to it on the audio side is absolutely fast. You lose nothing in translation, let's just say that. Perhaps you're even gaining something because your mind is just wandering as we meander through the topic of lamb testicle preparation, cooking and eating. Ted Reeder, stud, TedReader.com. All right, folks, if you don't know by now, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, even a kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has made a name for itself by making an award-winning line of championship rubs, The rubs have won almost every major barbecue competition, period. BPS has also banded together with fellow California-based rub company called Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what is now well-known as the West Coast offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They've even created two of their own unique competitions, King of the Smoker which brings the best of the best in barbecue head-to-head in a back-to-basics competition. King of the Smoker, unique in the fact that contestants only allowed to use charcoal, wood, and their wits to win one of the most high-stakes barbecue competitions. No electric devices such as pellet cookers or pit minders allowed. Thank you. The other competition that Big Papa Smokers has started is the Guinea Pig. That's a cost-controlled event that helps bring in newcomers to competitive barbecue. It also features prize distribution all the way down to 10th place in each category. That helps provide incentive to get new competitors into the world of competition barbecue. And keep the savvy vets that have enjoyed the guinea pig as well. On top of all that, they have created the unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best teams in the country, working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S., Keep in mind, Big Papa has been able to do this with only about six years of being in business, turning the competition barbecue world on its head, creating their own unique competitions, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain and BJ's Restaurant brew Brewhouse, and most importantly, benefiting children's charities across the U.S. Just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. Of course, the website BigPapaSmokers.com, that's big. Papa Smokers.com. Sign up for their newsletter because they do unveil great shipping deals, specials on products from time to time. You don't want to miss out. BigPapaSmokers.com. We're back with Meathead Goldwyn right after this. Stick around, I'll be right back.
4: live from the barbecue central radio network studios in cleveland ohio you're listening to the barbecue central radio show once again here's your host greg rampe hey
0: welcome back you know what you love to do? You love to barbecue. You love to compete. You love to win. So do all three with help from Smithfield. Since 1938, Smithfield has been producing high-quality fresh pork products, and now they invite you to get smoking with Smithfield. Are you an organizer of a nonprofit community or sanctioned barbecue event? Apply for the new grant program that helps competitors get extra resources and prize money. But that's not all. If you compete. You can join the Committed Cooks program. Members who commit to cooking with premium, hand-trimmed Smithfield fresh pork receive swag and other great prizes. Find out all about it at SmokinWithSmithfield.com. The second Tuesday of the month brings the creator of the AmazingRibs.com website. We call him Mr. St. Patrick to you, sir. Meathead Goldwyn.
2: Meathead, how are you, buddy? I'm better now than I'm with you. What happened last month? Uh, what? I don't know. I've been on the road for like five weeks. It's, a, I was, uh,
0: it's like meathead of old when you were doing the book tour and you were gallivanting you know, all across the country.
2: I'm still doing that. Well, you know, we had um, I bet I was in the Bahamas. You know, we took um, about 80 members of our Pitmaster club down to Green Turtle Key in the Bahamas. Brad from Grill Grates has a home there. And he invited us down to celebrate his 10th anniversary and boy, did we have a blast. We went out on the beach and we cooked pizzas, um, went to another beach and cooked burgers and f- and, and fed the stingrays and the sharks um, oh. uh, on a party barge with a DJ, Gee. the ladies were dancing the Macarena. The what? The <laughs> Does I
0: that still that happen? I thought, I thought that was out like 20 years ago.
2: I thought that died with
0: Al Gore. Must stay down in uh, the Bahamas, I guess.
2: Oh, God. We had a blast, though. It was just it's – a, it's, it's a little island in the Bahamas that you can only reach by boat. Uh, population 500, little old town. It's been there since before the Revolutionary War. Um, British colony in, in those days – um, and uh, Brad, uh, Brad and his wife Susan just know how to throw a party and uh, uh, the pitmaster club members who made it uh, will never forget it now when you say sure. you
0: invited 80 people down now uh, I mean you didn't invite but they had the opportunity to purchase a package to go down and take part in the first meetup of Meathead in Paradise
2: yeah Brad and I uh, and his team and my team put together a package of events including you know we did a steak night. We had uh, Noah from uh, Pit Barrel Cooker, and I and Brad. We cooked steaks three different ways, mm. um, and we uh, we just put together three days of fun things and and uh, put a price tag on it and uh, publicized it through our newsletter and in the Pitmaster Club and uh, uh, put decided to put a cap of about eighty eighty five on it, and that's what we got.
0: So. You know, in the planning stages of this, I'm always interested in behind the scenes more than the actual event itself because I love logistics. Are you trying to figure out because you're and you are an educator? Whether you want to look at yourself as an educator or not? Oh, I so, absolutely do. I think of
2: myself as an educator. Educator,
0: a resource center, of course. Um, Brad obviously has the business side with the grill grates and some other products. Are you? Were you at uh, at moment one trying to figure out a way? I'm trying to figure out the best question to ask here. Was it more of a social gathering with some educational tidbits or was it a situation where if you can get down there, not only are you going to meet some people that maybe you have an online relationship with in person, but you're also going to get all of this great food and education. We're going to teach you a few things and you're going to be happen to be in a really nice place.
2: We, we were thinking of all of the above. Yeah. I don't think we had as much education as I would have liked. And I think a couple of the members said they would have liked to have had some more class type situations. Um, but it was wall to wall party. And <laughs> there's no question about that. We had a great band, uh, great dancing. So it turned out, you know, one of the neat things about the Pitmaster Club, and for those who don't know about it, we have a special section of our website. 24 bucks a year. Um, you get uh, a forum, a message board, a uh, communication system where people exchange recipes, ideas. Um, somebody named Rempy does a weekly podcast of what's new in the world of barbecue and grilling. That's the uh, rumor. Clint Cantwell does a monthly interview with a pit master. Just uh, finished up one with Robin. And uh, uh, other cool stuff. We got a cartoonist now.
0: Yeah, I saw that. In, in
2: any case, um, and we sponsored this event uh, with Brad and uh, invited the members to come. And uh, we're actually planning a sequel, but not in the Bahamas. We're probably going to do it um, next May or June, uh, late May or June in Memphis. And we'll probably oh. have more educational activities. We'll do it at a, at a hotel where we can have demonstrations, maybe hog butchering uh I have Professor Blonder come in and do a session, or you know, try to bring in some really good people to do some education and some demos, and have some grills on exhibit, and turn this in. We called it a meetup, M E A T meet. Up. M-E-A-T, meet yeah, ha ha ha. Got it. Uh, got yeah, bad joke. But um, it, it was a lot of fun, and we want to do more of it. You know, there's the National Barbecue Association is for restaurateurs and caterers and competition teams. KCBS has a big event every year for competition teams and their audience, uh, judges, but there's really nothing in the way of a big national convention for consumers. So this was sort of a trial balloon. Um, uh, and it worked and we'll do it again and we'll do it in the continental U.S. where you don't need a passport and airfares will be a little less expensive and, uh, um, the you know chance to meet the people that you meet online face to face.
0: Would there be a projected cap of number of people, or would it be whoever can come? I mean, it's you know when you talk about expositions, then it's like whoever can show up can show up. Like an HPB Expo that I attended a couple of weeks ago. I mean, if you could get down yeah. there, you could get a ticket, and as many people as you could fit in there, you could fit in there. In this type of a situation, yeah. I would remember, or I would imagine, it could get potentially out of hand or too big to really glean the bits of information that you might want?
2: We'll, we'll put a cap on it. We're thinking in the neighborhood of 300. Um, wow, I, don't, I have no idea how many people would come. I don't know what to charge for it yet. I mean, I'm not in it to make a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. What I'm really looking forward to doing is extending the community. The Pitmaster Club has really become a community. You hang out in there. There There's like, there's like no pissing and moaning. There's no politics, we are everybody's self-policing. In two and a half years since we started it, we have 15,000 members. best mm-hmm. is around 20,000, so we'll probably catch and pass them in the next year. And um, it's self-policing, we just try to stick to food, and uh, I think we've only had to kick two people off in two and a half years. So it's, it's, a, it's a cool place, people have fun, a lot of recipe exchange. Um, Chef Ryan now is compiling a cookbook of the best recipes from our members oh, nice. all formatted similarly and he's testing the recipes so that we know that they're all tested recipes we got all kinds of if you go to com, in the top right hand corner there's a button that'll tell you all about the bitmaster club 24 it's bucks cool. a year
0: not uh, not expensive a year not a month
2: yeah yeah
0: my porn but, um, my porno subscription is 25 were at bucks HPDA. a month i was yes
2: uh, hpd yep. home patio barbecue Association Expo. Yeah, it's, um, have you talked about that yet? I don't think so. Tell us about it.
0: I had a, couple, um, had a couple segments that I had broadcast last Tuesday on the show. I left an open segment, but that was my first time at the HPB Expo that's put on by the HPBA. That's a weird thing. It's, you know, whatever. So it was in Atlanta. Great place. Love that city. Traffic's a nightmare at all times of the day. Of course, you're used to that being in Chicago. I'm not Mm -hmm. used to that in Cleveland. And uh, for me, it was an easy $225 ticket because Delta flies out of Cleveland. Everything connects to Atlanta, whether you like it or not. So no problem for me. And I got to – I was uh, asked to kind of come down uh, with Noah Glanville from Pit Barrel. So Ah. he let me kind of crash at the house they were renting. So uh, stays were free. That was great. But I got to kind of re-meet him again in person. He's one of the few I've met in person before I met him last year in Louisville for volleyball. He's
2: a special guy, isn't
0: he? You know, I said last week in the open that if you don't know who Noah Glanville is, if you or if you just know him because of Pit Barrel, to me, Pit Barrel doesn't even hold a candle to what he has accomplished in his life and the service he has given to this country. It is a, a much bigger and a much wider breadth of accomplishment what he has done previous to the Pit Barrel Cooker um, that uh, maybe a lot of people don't know about, and it's not my place to really tout and all that stuff. He's a very uh, accomplished, important uh, individual in his service, and I appreciate that about him. Um,
2: you know, he, he's he got a, a powerboat that he took out to Green Turtle Key and joined us at our little festivities out there. Yeah. Um, brought a couple of his... Uh, Navy SEAL buddies along with him, and uh, they were hunting lobster and cooking them up for uh, our folks. Uh, he brought a pit barrel. you're <laughs> quite a sight. I, 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 uh, don't, I don't know if, don't if there's
0: any fear in that guy. I mean, he's powering oh. through when he was showing me some of the return trip back to Florida, powering through like 10-foot waves, and they were just like having a – it seemed like it was like the best time ever. I would have been hiding in the aft cabin pooping myself.
2: Yeah, yeah. And well, it was, it was a rough day the day they came back, yeah. Um, so I got
0: to I got to see him again and meet some people within the Pit Barrel organization. I got to meet Jason Baker from Green Mountain Grills for the very first time in person and actually uh, went to dinner with him. He had hosted a dinner with one of his Australian distributors and got to meet them. And But I got to meet a lot of people that I've either had on the show uh, or Max that I've known there? for years. Uh, Max was there. I mean, I've met him, obviously, before, but... Uh, or reconnect with people that I've already met. And then I got some really good interviews with some companies that were just kind of up and coming or maybe they were already established and haven't had a channel to have an interview before. I met a really kind of excited 20 – well, I don't know how old he was, but he seemed to be like in his early 20s coconut charcoal importer that's coming from Indonesia. It's called Coco Brick. Uh, I don't know if it'll actually make it here or not, but, you know, we'll have to see. But, you know, he was energizing. He was excited. He's ready to bring the product in. And then I have to ask him the question, like, well, how do you plan to compete with Kingsford? And, of course, everything's like, whoa, what
4: what do you mean?
0: So, great. There were some really cool products there. Here's the thing that I learned or what really surprised me the most. You have the originators of... Or or the stalwarts of the industry. You have a Weber, you have Big Green Egg, you have Primo, all these people. I'm telling you, Meathead, and maybe you've seen it before, literally across the aisle, you have the Chinese knockoffs there that are unabashed in showing exactly the same product, but under the. I am not kidding. It was bizarre. Not only was it bizarre, I saw on at least five different occasions cease and desist orders served right on the floor.
2: Oh, no kidding. And
0: they had to, like, cart. I think the one that stood out the most was the one that looked like the Kamado gel. And they had to, like, cart that off and put it behind the curtain.
2: Whoa. Yeah. It, it was. You know, it's, it's a real issue. Brad was telling me that they're knocking off grill grates. And I believe there's been knockoffs of uh, Pit Barrel. Um, Not necessarily overseas. There's an American knockoff. Um, And um, uh, Dave Parrish told me that the Sloan Sears being knocked off. They're telling me that they think Amazon is um, funding some of these knockoffs.
0: Well, there there seems to be uh, maybe breaking news, maybe not. But amongst the manufacturers or the people in business of barbecue, there does seem to be a growing contingent that has – Let's say dissatisfaction with Amazon and how they are allowing these things to be just thrown up on Amazon to compete when they are just whole host knockoffs of what the originators are. I mean, you have creative intellectual properties. A lot of these guys have patents on all this. And it's like it doesn't seem to matter. They're just out there in person showing the knockoff or they're throwing it up on Amazon and Amazon's letting them. Uh, there was kind of a, a a big contingent that was not happy with the way business was being run at this point and for and rightly so i think
2: did you see any cool new grills and smokers i i've been here max has this new charbroil that has a um, um a thermostat controller uh did you, did you see that? Is that as cool sound? Cool as it sounds? No,
0: I didn't see that one. Um, I saw a company called Blaze has an all-aluminum Kamado-style grill. That looked pretty cool, if you can imagine that. Um, there, there were a lot of, I guess, higher-end manufacturers that I'm not aware of that were showcasing, and they were just one more breathtaking than the next one. I mean, yeah. and they had to be huge money. They were so nice. Uh, the guys that make American Muscle Grill were introducing their new, bigger version of the AMG. And that one is and, – and it's still considerably less than the uh, than the comparable Kalamazoo. And I was talking with Jeff Strobel, who's the uh, the head guy over at Somerset, who's part of the – they make the AMG line. And he said, you know – There's going to be a company out there that is going to overbuild, and it's going to be X amount, and they're super proud, and they're just going to stick a price tag on, and there's going to be a consumer out there that's going to say, hey, I have this money, and I can spend it, and I bought this grill, and it cost me $20,000, when you could get one for three times less that might Mm -hmm. be engineered a little bit better. It's uh, Honestly, it was an eye-opening experience for me in many different ways. uh, But the connections that I was able to make, and the people I was able to meet, and I have a bunch of different show guests that'll be coming up over the next handful of months. So, I mean, easily the best two hundred and fifty bucks I ever spent.
2: Cool, cool. Yep.
0: Did did Max tell you about the green lighter fluid?
2: Uh, no, I have got some strange so called natural organic yes. lighter fluids that I've been playing with. I wonder if, what this one is.
0: This one is from a company called Green Life, I think, but it was called like Green Flame is the name of the product. And I think it was born out of some type of a, like a sugar or something along these lines and oh, I think
2: a couple of them are alcohol based
0: this this one is i believe sugar based or that's where it was derived from i don't I don't that's have alcohol. the yeah i get, you're right yeah sugar alcohol that's right um but not the the kerosene or the the methanol or whatever the hell you call it. uh and it won like top three best inventions because they had some KCBS know-it-alls kind of scope out the whole show and then have them pick out three of the things that they thought were most standout. Uh, One of them was grill floss, which is a cleaner to clean your grill grates. Grill floss. Yep. Um, And then one of them was this green flame, because and they were doing side-by-side comparisons in the burn area with a petroleum-based lighter fluid and then the green flame. So you could, mm. you know, taste the difference. And uh, overwhelmingly, it was, it was positive. That guy just happens to live. Did
2: you taste the difference?
0: No, I didn't even go down to the burn area because logistically, it was like eight blocks away from where the whole thing was. Like, how, how stupid is that?
2: Hey, for listeners out there, Grill Floss is a cool product. Yep. Um, I have a review of it on uh, my grill cleaning page. Um, but it's a um, kind of like a hook that um, you scrub your grill grates with, uh, and it goes above and below, so you can get the scum that hangs from the underside as well as the top. You, you do one rung at a time, so it's a little time consuming, but it's a good tool.
0: And it seems to be garnering a lot of great attention, Not and not overly expensive, by the way.
2: It's been out for years.
0: Yeah, And uh, the only thing that it can't do, and I know a lot of – well, I don't know what the exact number is. And Brad Barrett could probably tell me. But as far as, like, coming into – it doesn't work on the on the non-round bars.
2: Right. Yeah, right. So, it's a round bar tool.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, that could be something that, you know, they would want to work at, doing something that would clean rails. I mean, that's mm-hmm. maybe my biggest complaint about uh, grill grates is – I don't. I just feel weird using the flipper to also be my cleaning tool. But That's just me. I have yeah. OCD, but, uh, you know, if you could get another tool to, to clean that off, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing.
2: He's got a couple of tools that he sells that do a pretty good job. I've yeah, got them right. both, and uh, they work. You like them? Yeah.
0: All right. They cool. work. All right, Meathead, we haven't talked anything about St. Patrick's Day or corned yeah. beef. It's been all business, so we're going to take a break right here. I'm going to do a little business, and then we'll get back and talk a little bit of corned beef and, and pastrami. Paste you can talk to me about Katz's Deli and how it's America's biggest beef smokehouse in the world. Uh, all that good stuff. So we're talking with Meathead Goldwyn. Meathead, you stand by and I will talk to you quickly about Butcher Barbecue. Gang, if you have been thinking about stepping up the barbecue and grilling game, there's no better or easier way than by doing it with a little Butcher Barbecue. I'm boring meathead, it looks like. Sorry, meathead. I'll keep it more exciting here in a minute. Here's what you do. You go to the website, butcherbbq.com, and you order all of the products. Guess why? Because they're great products. First of all, you know them most for the injections, right? The pork, the beef, prime injection, bird boosters, the pork, uh, the pork, uh, the open pit flavor injections, all good stuff. If you've never injected, don't fall into this trap. Well, I don't compete, so I don't need to inject. Forget about that. If you want to add extra flavor, if you want to put in ingredients so they're going to keep your end product more moist longer, this is something you're going to want to do. Inject flavor deeper, this is something you're going to want to do. Don't think it's just for competitors. It's not. Now, you also have rubs and sauces that you can buy here as well. First, you have those stalwart flagship products, the steak and brisket rub, which I love, also the honey rub, which I'm a huge fan of. Those complement the newer sauces that have been released recently, the chipotle rub, the cherry rub. You have the Dave's triple secret rub, and then you have the pecan rub as well. Not pecan, pecan. You know, if you inject with butchers, try the premium rub. Okay, let me say that. Especially if you inject with butchers because it's formulated to work with the injection, a perfect one two punch to impress judges and friends alike. You have the sweet barbecue sauce. If I don't have my own on hand, then yes, we do have the ability to use Dave's sweet barbecue sauce. I love it. I buy boxes of six at one time because it goes really fast. And now the newest products. First, Dave has decided to completely dummy-proof injections. You have ready-made, ready-mixed right in the bottle. All you have to do is stick your injector in the bottle for the pork, stick your injector in the bottle for beef. It's already mixed, ready to go. Shake it up, bring it to your competitions, bring it to your backyard, and that's it. No more mixing, no more shaking and mixing or deciding how much you need to make. Dave's taken care of all of it for you. On top of that, you have the grilling oils, which I absolutely adore. Butter flavored, my favorite. Then you also have steakhouse seasoning and chipotle seasoning as well, or flavors. Look, stop this. Go to ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com and try their products. Then you tell me if I'm full of it, because I know I'm not. They're great. I use them, and I buy them. ButcherBBQ.com. We're back with more Meathead right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. 216-220-0966
4: 216 220 Now, let's get back to the LeBron James of Barbecue Talk Craig Rampy.
0: Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. Medium size. Yes, they can take care of you there. Tailgates. We're still tailgating. They got one for you on that size as well. Also, pellets to fire those cookers. Check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. That's Green Mountain Grills. You can love your Green Mountain Grill like I love my Green Mountain Grill if you just visit the website. All right. Meathead Goldwyn joining me. We got through a little bit of business last segment, Meathead, but now we're going to get into the meat Bad pun of the situation. Um, Saint Patrick's Day obviously coming up Friday, and uh, you know that is synonymous. And not only, well, let me ask you this question, Meathead, because you're kind of a Chicago guy. Does the river stay green all week, or did they jump the gun and dye the river green early,
2: or what? Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly when they dye. I think they dye it on the day of the parade. Um, And the dye is pretty strong. The river gets really bright green. It's kind of cool looking. Uh, But it it rapidly fades. Uh, Most of it stays within the top few inches of the surface. It dissipates. It's a food grade coloring. And that river holds a lot of water. So it dissipates pretty quickly. Uh, And the parade was Sunday. And I think the parade is the Sunday before St. Pat's Day. So St. Patrick's Day is Friday this week, so I think they did the parade and the river. I once rode in the in the St. Patrick's Day parade in Chicago. Really? In the Wienermobile? Really? Look at you! Really? You have made it. I have it made, dude. I rode in the Mobile in the Chicago St. Patrick's wow. Day parade. Look at you! That was like a highlight of my life. How long ago was that? Uh, about eight, ten years ago. All right, so not that uh, long ago. No, it was a lot of fun. It was a beautiful, sunny day. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of Irish in Chicago, and there's a lot of drinking in Chicago.
0: Yeah, so it was a lot aside from the Green River and the copious amounts of alcohol that will be consumed, obviously there will be Rubens and pastramis and all that stuff. Yeah. So I guess from a, a high level, because we don't have a considerable amount of time, uh, talk to me about... You know, maybe the difference between the two and uh, best recipes and seasonings and all that stuff.
2: Well, corned beef is is the traditional St. Patrick's Day. And corned beef is simply cured brisket in its original form. You can also cure rump or any other cut. But it's just a matter of taking the meat and either submerging it in a salt solution with a little sodium nitrite or you use powder, number one, which is a salt and sodium nitrite combination, nitrite being a preservative. It also turns the meat pink. Same thing they use on hot dogs, andouille sausage, um, ber- uh, bacon, uh, Canadian bacon. It turns the meat pink. And uh, it's, it's an old preservative. Also alters the flavor profile. Um, and there was a research project in the 1970s that connected it with cancer. That research project has been debunked, subsequent research projects by the World Health Organization, a paper published just a couple of years ago in the Journal of of the American Medical Association. Others say, in fact, actually we need small amounts of nitrite. Mm -hmm. So the concerns over it being a carcinogen are pretty well passed. Um, But you don't eat it all that much anyhow. Um, But what a lot of people don't realize is is if you take corned beef and you put a spice rub on it, it's heavy in coriander and black pepper and other goodies, and smoke it just like you would a regular brisket, you end up with pastrami. And if you ask me, and probably half your listeners are going to hang up when I say this, (laughs) it's better than Texas brisket. It's the ultimate expression of brisket. Wow. It is just, I mean, great pastrami. Now, Don in the uh, in the chat room, he says he's got cousins who work at Katz's in New York. Yeah. They're a lower Manhattan delicatessen that's been around since the 1880s, and they are famous for their pastrami, and I think they make the best pastrami, although my recipe, a lot of people say it's right up there. Mm. And we've got a new recipe published today of all day- wow. things by our mutual friend, Clint Cantwell, who now works with AmazingRibs.com. And Clint um, did sous vide queue out of it. You, to- you take your corned beef and you soak it first um, for a few hours, overnight is best. And that pulls a lot of the excess salt because corned beef is loaded with salt. And then he puts it in a zipper bag and puts it in a sous vide bath, and cooks it for 36 hours, and it comes out, he puts the rub on it, smokes it up to about 150 is all, and I haven't tried it yet, because he just published the recipe, but the pictures look fantastic, and he swears it's better than my recipe, and my recipe is pretty good, so um, sous vide Q is really catching on, and Since Clint came to work for us in January, we've asked him to focus on this because this is a really hot topic and it it has the potential for making some really great food. And I think this is a good case. So go to the table of contents on our website. It takes about 36 hours in the sous vide bath. So if you want to try it, start now. But if you're going to (laughs) do just the traditional corned beef and cabbage with potatoes and carrots... Um, the tricks that I want to pass along that will make it a lot better is that desalination step. Soak it in a pot of water, cold water, in the fridge, and change the water every hour or two for maybe three, four, six hours overnight. You don't have to be every hour or two. Just change the water. What you're doing is you're pulling salt out because the process of making corned beef puts a lot of salt in um uh, because, but you don't have to worry about removing salt cuz you're not storing it for a long time you're about to cook it can i so ask, you desalinate it for a little bit yeah
0: can i let me ask one question is, is this going or does this apply to those corned beefs that you get already packaged that has that spice packet that people usually just put in into the yeah. into the so that's so i want to desalinate
2: those spi- those it usually you get it in a cryovac yes, bag yes right Often there's some liquid in there. That's the curing liquid. And then they throw in like a packet of spices. You can throw the spices out. Um, They have no impact on the flavor of the meat. Um, It's just an affectation. Uh, um, You throw the spice pack out, drain the curing liquid, put the the corned beef in a bucket of water, pull some of the salt out, and then simmer it. Don't boil it. When you boil it, you tighten up the proteins, it shrinks, it gets tougher, simmer it. And when you go shopping for corned beef, usually there are three to five pound packages. You Most of them are flats because they make great sandwich yeah. slices and yeah. that's what the public wants. But your audience knows the flats are the leaner and the tougher cut. You can often get point cut and it's usually both a little bit of point on top of a little bit of flat. Um, with a big fat layer in between, but the point cut uh, has more fat and is more succulent. Where's the audio?
0: Succulent? Sound drop? I don't have a succulent sound drop.
2: Oh, I thought you had a succulent sound drop. I don't. Uh, So, in any case, the key to it is um, simmer it at a low temp, keep it down around 190, cook the meat up to about 190, use your digital thermometer um do the salination step and then in the last 30 minutes add your potatoes and your carrots um actually in the last hour add your potatoes and carrots and then in the last 30 minutes add the uh, cabbage Mm. because they don't need the cabbage doesn't need much time at all and you get a really gentle broth it's not too salty i like to serve it with a little bit of the broth still in the bowl um but everybody does it differently but the key is um, do the desalination and keep the temperature down.
0: Now, you can take the corned beef out of the broth <coughs> at that point, as you had mentioned. And then, if, like, I like Rubens, Like, I I almost like Rubens like I like pizza. Pizza continues yeah. to be the reigning supreme for me. But, um, you know, thin slices against the grain, all the same stuff like you would. I mean, do you want to invest in one of those deli slicer machines or just a nice sharp knife and do it that I think
2: way a sharp knife is because it's just like cutting brisket and you know you can't cut brisket a lot thinner than a quarter inch um otherwise it just disintegrates um so pencil thick quarter inch or so um is is going to be just fine make sure you're cutting cross grain just like brisket and it's easier to see the grain in corned beef than it is in a smoked brisket yeah. or a pastrami but I got to tell you, you remember pastrami is bris, is corned beef's cousin. It's just rubbed and smoked. And if you like a uh, Reuben, and a Reuben is typically the classic recipe is just um, a, a really good rye bread, yep. um, a mustard, maybe a little mayonnaise, um, sauerkraut, Swiss cheese, uh, and corned beef. Or you can swap it out for pastrami, which is what I prefer to do. And I think it's like the world's best sandwich. A thousand, I mean, you that. put
0: Thousand Island on there? Did you mention that?
2: Oh, no, I forgot. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, the thousand Island. How did I forget Thousand Island?
0: Some people aren't a fan, so they forget it.
2: Well, that's where the mayo was. Uh, no, but Thousand Island, uh, you can skip the mustard if you want and do a, go to Thousand Island. That's your traditional. Yeah, that's my thousand favorite. Island.
0: So um, for pastrami, if you're going to be smoking it, I mean, then are you running into the same, I want to say, pitfalls or hurdles? But do you have to watch it like you're watching a brisket? Because everybody's scared about you know effing up the brisket. All right, so there is that.
2: You're going to use this. I have the rub recipe on my website, um, and it's really close to the Katz's recipe. Um, It's 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 heavy on coriander and black pepper, and it's got a bunch of other good stuff in there. And you just rub it up and cook it till it's, you know, like a meteorite, just like a brisket, dark black. You get a great crust on it. If you want, uh, some people will steam that, um, and that just further breaks down the collagen and tenderizes it. But as you can imagine, it messes with the bark. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's a matter of preference. You can try it both ways. And that's where Clint's technique of sous vide it first then smoking it is really superior because the sous vide, 36 hours, breaks down the collagen, makes it really tender, and then you're just smoking it to get the crust and the flavor. Um, Brilliant uh, technique, and uh, I can't wait. In fact, I just picked up a a grocery store, corned beef. Often I make my own corned beef, and I have a recipe for that too. It's pretty easy, Um, but uh, I just picked one up because i got to try Clint's recipe. I read it today, and it, that's what we're eating on Friday, I guarantee. All
0: right, everybody seems very excited about that, the, the sous vide barbecue thing. Um, last thing before I let you go, uh, end of the month, carrying into the very, very first day of April, NBBQA is going to be happening, and you are giving some type of a lecture or talk or insight
2: <laughs> to, you uh, to that. This, Greg? Are you going to be there?
0: No, I went to, I went to uh, HPB Expo. That's it for me.
2: God, I had to pay for you just to be in the audience for me. Well, uh, They're giving me the floor. Uh, there's no competing seminar. And uh, uh, National Barbecue Association is now the National Barbecue and Grilling Association. Right. Um, and you might see my fingerprints on that. Um, I've been working on Linda Orson on this for a long time, and she uh, was a mover and shaker in getting that changed. And I am talking, uh, my topic is um, that uh, barbecue and grilling are cousins and the line between them is hard to see. This is a favorite topic between you and I me. I know, I know. I'm doing a whole uh, presentation on the history of barbecue, the history of grilling, the culinary relationships, um, and the, uh, the overlap. And uh, we're going to challenge the audience and I'm going to let them challenge me on uh, how do you draw that line, and is it a real line or is it an artificial line? Uh, because now the National Barbecue Association is Barbecue and Grilling Association.
0: Well, congratulations on getting that kind of uh, renamed or, or reconfigured. And I happen to agree with you, by the way. I think that is, is only an apt name for that. It's not only just about uh, barbecue anymore. So uh, Meathead Goldwyn is going to be in Fort Worth, Texas, end of the month, through april 1st i forget what the days are exactly but and that's uh that's a cool thing if you're down and you want to see a bunch of barbecues celebs and all that other stuff right
2: it's a really good conference uh, it's just shocking that they have only 600 members but they often have 3 400 attending the conference and usually your big name guys are floating around there's usually myron and uh, tuffy uh, and chris and
0: chris lilly right and all these guys
2: yeah, and, um, and there's some really good seminars. They bring in people from the pork board and the beef checkoff. And uh, there's, you know, how to break down a hog demonstrations. Uh, Mark Lambert is uh, the incoming president, uh, people who don't know him. He's out of Memphis, yep. a multinational champion from uh, Sweet swine Memphis of mine. May. Right. Um May. Uh, good swine of mine. Uh, uh, Sweet, swine. Sweet swine. Sweet swine of mine. Yep. Sweet swine of mine, and he makes the Red Box. Is that what's the name of it? Yes, right. Red Box, and uh, he's the incoming president. Um, all the guys from the shed are there, and, you know, wherever they go, there's a party. No doubt. Uh, it's just a good time, and uh, the seminars are good.
0: All right, so if you're going to be in Fort Worth, check out Meathead. Uh, you can find him otherwise at AmazingRibs.com and on this show the second Tuesday of every month. Meathead, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much.
2: Oh, always good to talk to you, Greg.
4: That's Meathead right there. There he is. From Chicago, as it were. All guests on the Barbecue Central show appear via the Smithfield hotline. Yummy.
0: Oh, technology, how you fail me sometimes. (laughs) All right, amazingribs.com is his website. If you've never seen it before, you might have just recently got the internet. You can get a Cook Shack, too. They're probably going to be down at the MBBQA to some degree. They manufacture smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in your backyard, on the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has a unit that will do the job, and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, Online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website, cookshack.com, or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on the World Class Barbecue Forum. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast Eddie Morin. The FEC 100, the PG 1000, always customer favorites. Why... Because the PG-1000, for instance, can double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the Peli Grill line gives you the most for your money. Cookshack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability, and that means versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make on a Cookshack. Get the heat out of the kitchen. Take it outside. Passion and dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or visit cookshack.com. We will wrap the first hour. Coming up. And stick around.
4: Interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show.
0: All right, welcome back. This sports the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets to fire all of your pellet-driven cookers. Hey, don't fall for the shenanigans. Just because you use a different Peller Cooker than your pellet cooker manufacturer might give to you doesn't mean it's going to void any warranties. These are some of the best pellets out there on the market today. And they're coming out with new products like you won't believe. Chris Becker will be on this show shortly to talk about it. In the meantime, cookingpellets.com. That's cookingpellets.com. Thanks again to Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com for joining me the past two segments talking about pastrami and other such business attributes. Again, he'll be at the National Barbecue Associ- National Barbecue and Grilling Association. That will be in Fort Worth, Texas. John Dawson weighing in. Subject line, oh, the irony. First, a Jew riding in the Wienermobile on St. Patrick's Day. Second, Catholics can't eat meat on Fridays during Lent. So how does this all make sense? Answer, it doesn't. Your friendly, proud Protestant, John Dawson. (laughs) John, who follows Lent? Only when it's convenient. If you say two extra prayers on Sunday because of the meat you ate on Friday, all is good. Right, I just got a great news email that I can't share with you, but that's all right. Uh, if you are looking for the pastrami recipe or corned beef recipe, the salination process, as Meathead said, it's all up on his website, amazingribs.com. Go to the table of contents. If you've never been to Meathead's website, there's a substantial amount of information. So hit table of contents and then start the incredible search through. There's a lot of stuff you can. There's search bars and all that stuff make it a little easier for you. But just in case, be prepared to be overwhelmed with the amount of knowledge and information dissemination that is going on over at AmazingRibs.com. I, you know, before Meathead said Subiq, I was kind of under the impression that my prediction of sous vide was. You know, dying before the end of the year was coming true well before its time. I don't know if I've heard anybody mention sous vide other than Meathead in the past month. I think it's on its way out. I do think pizza is still going to be very popular. You know, every time I go to Starbucks to get a sous vide egg bite, they are sold out. So I don't know if they're just that popular or if they're just saying they're sold out to generate fake urgency and interest. I don't know. We'll see. All right. I got to run upstairs and grab my water that I forgot to bring down at the start of the show, and hopefully I can make it back here for the beginning. All right, here we go. Sorry, i are just reading something. All right, here we go. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks.
3: Payne hey, from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central.
0: Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show.
3: Boing. we cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine, how <laughs> do You have a great show. I'm a
5: big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead. He's in the in the crackle. Charbonneau! It's all
3: about the Charbonneau, dude! Succulent fish, what?
2: He ate two for wiener. Oh listen, Labortius, shut your
0: face.
5: I'm shaking like a dog shit peak seeds. <laughs> we have
4: top men working on it right now. <laughs>
5: oh.
0: Hey, just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard here, folks. This is the Barbecue Central Show, and we talk about all things important the world of barbecue and grilling. And we broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am the aforementioned Greg Rempe, and thank you for joining me. If you missed the first hour, oh, don't worry about it. I'm recording. You can get it in podcasts starting at 11.55 this p.m. All day tomorrow on the Barbecue Central website. Live audio, well, live. All day tomorrow. This is how it works. The show takes place on Tuesday between 9 and 11. I'm also recording the show as it happens, both video and audio. For those of you that might be doing a live show and you're not recording it, uh, bad news. It's a bad thing to do. So I'm streaming to Twitch. I'm streaming to Outdoor Cooking Channel. I'm streaming to Facebook. I'm streaming to the audio portion of uh, Barbecue Central. And on top of all that, I'm also recording both the video and the audio. So at the end of the evening, they go up to iTunes for audio uh, and the associated audible feeds that take podcasts, and then I upload the video to YouTube and my business Facebook, the YouTube Barbecue Central Facebook, whatever it is. Um, yeah, so, hmm. Now, this is a rarity, a call-in. Uh, you're on the air. Go ahead.
1: Uh, yeah, Greg, this is your sister. All Who? right, You know, Katie? The Who? one that lives in Seattle. Who? uh you know, your sister Yes. I just I just I just had to call in because I've been listening for several weeks now. And I'm very upset about the way you portray our mother on this show. Nobody in our family sounds like this, this is ridiculous. It is ridiculous.
0: You hear how you're talking, right?
1: Uh-oh. I am talking like a normal human being just like you like just like you
0: I don't talk okay. like that. I spent years getting that accent out, so now I am a a professional order of the highest regard. And by the way, if you don't think your mother talks like that, you should record yourself and listen back to you. What are you doing?
1: Greg, I am living my life here in the Pacific Northwest.
0: Oh, really? I have
1: known enough people who would tell me, if I sounded crazy like you're making our mother sound like.
0: You think mom sounds crazy?
1: I think the way you are portraying our mother sounds crazy.
0: I, I, I mean, this is just, this is what she talks like. You're doing an impression of mom. That's what you're doing. How dare you? How dare you talk about mom like that? That is going to be pissed.
1: How would you even say that? How? Oh, oh no.
0: That's right. He's oh going to no. be pissed.
1: Oh, well, you are spot on with our father. He does have exactly like that. that Hello? Was really Hello.
3: Hello. 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 Who is oh this? God. Is that mom? H- honey, Katie? M- mom? I, mom? Can, I can barely hear you. I'm at end of days. But how are you, honey? Oh. Mom,
1: I'm good. Oh. I didn't realize
3: you were on the show who? tonight. Are you doing Connie's corner? Who, who are you talking to? I'm talking to Katie. Dad? What is she doing? Katie, hello. Oh, Katie, how are you? Hello, Katie. Hi. Oh, my God. What are you doing? Oh on my god, the... I haven't talked to you in so long. What? Are you, you never on the call show? me, now
1: does the time change. It's only on three the... hours.
3: Are you on the show tonight? Are you talking about barbecue? Your mother called... I... I called in because I heard your daughter. You haven't talked to her in weeks, and now you have an opportunity. I'm trying to help you out. Who are you talking to? I'm talking to Katie. Katie, say something. Your father can barely hear you. Who? Kate, okay. I'm Dad. talking to... Dad, what? this is your only daughter. Who is this? Is this your only daughter, Katie. Oh, oh yes. Again. Oh, that's my, right. How many
1: martinis has he had? How many martinis? Honey, honey. It's
3: okay. Don't talk about your father's drinking problem in the public eye, you know. Who are you talking to?
4: I... Oh, oh, dear. God, it's really getting oh. the sauce hard. Oh, and I don't mean the barbecue sauce. I gotta, right.
3: I gotta, I gotta get a martini. I can't stand... For... That's right, dear, you go get your martini and don't worry about other people talking about you in the chat rooms. Forget it. Honey, you've- you've angered your father. Now he might be very angry now. What have you done?
1: I'm very- I'm sorry, Ma. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I shouldn't have brought it up. I'm sorry.
3: There's something going on here that's so bizarre, it feels like I'm not even hosting a sh- It feels like I'm hosting my own show. Let's start a show. Here we go. It's the Connie and Katie show. Hello. Welcome. that's a pretty good name. Welcome to our show. Katie, what are we talking about?
1: I mean, we talk all sorts of ladies' issues. Okay, we talk about nail polish we talk about knitting, we talk about laundry. We're just going to lay it all out. We're going to spill the tea, okay? I love doing do.
3: laundry. On. I remember doing laundry for all of you kids growing up in the be- in the olden days. Even when we had black and white television, you know, your twin brothers, they could barely do a lick of laundry between themselves. I didn't want to say, I didn't want to air our dirty laundry on our new show. Oh, I did You're so good! I did oh it. Oh my god, we're
1: going to get so many subscribers on our channel. All
3: right, well, look, I've got to go because your father's giving me the evil eye because he can't find his vermouth mister. And uh, he—it's oh, it, very important for him to have just a mist of vermouth, okay?
1: Matt, just show the bottle to, to the martini glass. That's right. all I need.
3: All right, just gentle. Show just say it, okay? Yeah. Thank you, uh, honey. Right. T- don't please call me again in three weeks.
1: Yeah, all right, Matt. I'll oh, call you at the
3: time. Thank yeah, you. No okay, bye bye. All right, all
0: right. What the hell just happened here. I don't even know what happened. My show was Shanghaied. Oh my lord, Matt Boer, you do need my dad's recipe. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> All right, still to come on the show when well, my parents are still up. It's amazing how that just immediately switches right off when they call in. They must be. They must have done some type of backdoor dastardly deeds. They hacked into my software. I think is what it is. Yes, that's right uh still to come on the show tonight Travis Travis or Travis Travis Clark and Doug Shiding of Rogue barbecue cookers or as we know him as the uh, official Texas embedded correspondent we're going to be talking about all sorts of hijinks that took place down at the Houston Livestock and Rodeo so stay tuned for that uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, here's how
4: you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQ Central On the Twitter and Instagrams it's at BBQ Central Show.
0: So that's how you get in touch. Now few updates for you. No necessarily new horse meat updates. We're still running along. We have uh, David Joyce, his lackey, kind of on board, sending me documents and basically stating that after 13 pages of review of what is and is not against the law or against the law, that people might have a taste, bad pun. For horse meat at some point. So all doors are not closed. But at this point, doors are closed. So we continue that. 11. No less than 11 horse meat 2017 t-shirts were delivered to a no-name, please, nationally ranked 16-year-old volleyball team. 11 shirts. Whether you call them... uh, consenting advocates of horse meat talk or impressionable young ladies, Uh-oh. whatever, whatever. We got to get, we got to push the agenda by any means necessary. So that's your horse meat update. Uh, Hall of Fame update. Here we go. Don't forget, you can fill out the online form, which I'm about to copy and paste here into the chat room. If you have not... Yes, really, Angela Iverson. I'm not kidding. No names, please. A nationally ranked 16-year-old volleyball team is wearing 2017 Horse Me t-shirts. I just posted it in the chat room. It's the American Royal form stack. So you have to go in and fill out the red asterisk. So if you wrote a letter for me, put that in the describe why the guy needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Remember, we're serving an overall higher cause. We're not just trying to get me into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. We're trying to serve a higher cause here that I'm not going to get into at this point. All right, let me talk to you quickly about the Pit Barrel Cooker. Gang, pulling the trigger on a new cooker can be nerve-wracking. Temperature control, fire management, what woods to use. Who needs the hassle? Might I strongly suggest a Pit Barrel Cooker. The Pit Barrel makes cooking simple and fun, and it just might be the most unique, versatile, and easy use cooker available on the market today. Imagine a single cooker that turns out great traditional barbecue meats, while also being able to ramp up in temperature to do burgers, chicken wings, and hot dogs. The versatility, all thanks to a revolutionary design that goes way beyond traditional convection. Their hook-and-hang method places the food in the center of the heat, so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie. The results, great tasting, perfectly cooked food each and every time. Not only is the Pit Barrel a fabulous cooking vessel, it's aesthetically sexy as well. It's built to withstand heat, and thanks to its porcelain enamel finish, the Pit Barrel cooker is able to withstand any type of weather. It's also extremely portable, fits in the bo- uh, fits in the back of most trucks, vans, and SUVs, ready to go wherever you are. Of course, we're barbecue folks. We all love accessories, and the Pit Barrel doesn't disappoint here either. From the rubs, the unique removable ash pan, the pit grips, the turkey hanger, hangers, the hinged grill grates, the beer koozies, drink koozies, and the really cool coffee mug that I literally use each and every morning because I love it. All of their accessories complete your pit barrel cooking experience. Best part, here it is, $299. The pit barrel cooker comes fully assembled, ready to cook on, and ships for free right to your door. Not only does the cooker ship free, but with so few returns, everything they sell ships to the lower 48 continental states each and every day for free. No promo code, no coupon needed. Don't take my word for it. Folks at AmazingRibs.com continue to rave about it, giving it their gold division rank. That's the highest one, by the way. Not once, not twice, but three years in a row. They've said time and time again that they're running out of great things to say about the simple, affordable cooker. There's nothing else like it on the market. Except for the knockoffs. Shame on you. Head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com. That's pitbarrelcooker.com. See what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their large collection of high-definition how-to videos and then pick up one or two for yourself. You'll thank me later. If you have any questions, you can contact them through their website or call 502-228-1222. That's 502 502-228- 228 1222. Find out what great customer service is all about. Stick around. We'll be back with Travis Clark right after this.
4: The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named Meathead. The author of A Barbecue Bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampy.
0: Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Unknown Smoker Accessories. Purveyors of made-in-the-USA stainless steel barbecue and smoker lid hinges, barbecue accessory hangers, rocket-hot chimney grillers, and heavy-duty aluminum foil dispensers, the fine products from Unknown Smoker Accessories. Keep your gear where it needs to be at arm's length and ready for battle. Visit unknownbbq.com slash shop today. That's unknownbbq.com slash shop. Enter promo code REMPI for 15% off your entire order if you need it. All right. My guest in the second hour was the 2015 KCBS Team of the Year. Taking a look at the current points standing, he's right back at the top in 2017. Let's head over to the Smokin' with Smithfield Hotline. And welcome back, pitmaster of Clark Crew Barbecue, Travis Clark, joining me here on the show. Trav, how are you, buddy? Doing great, man. How are you? Absolutely fabulous, Trav. Always appreciate you making time for the show. So, you know, I mentioned in the open, you're currently number one in the points chase. Uh, no one knows better than you that this is way early in the year. But just from a high level, and looking back at almost the end of the first quarter of the year, how are you feeling about cooks right now? And what do you think you need to be dialing in over the next few weeks and months to to get you to even a better spot?
6: You know, I, I feel I'm cooking better food right now than I ever have. And I've told some of my very close friends that, you know, uh, there was a lot of things that I was getting maybe a little bit of sloppy on, you know, getting so comfortable after cooking so many. And I took the whole month of November off and just sat back and thought, what the crap am I doing wrong here? And And I just thought about it there's a lot of little steps I was missing and there was a few things I tweaked and, and then they are just eye opening to us and like god what the hell were we thinking and I I just honestly feel like I'm just cooking great food now
0: Travis I when make you little when,
6: little mistakes
0: when you look back on the the KCBS team of the year run in 2015 uh you know obviously legendary between you and David Qualls I remember a distinct point in our conversation as we were kind of recapping that you said you were – every time wasn't the same for you. You would change this. You would tweak that just kind of on a whim. Obviously, that carries over into last year. At what point did you say, hey, I really have to to dial in? Because what do you hear time and time again from other pitmasters? It's consistency. It's following the program. It's writing stuff down, blah, 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 blah. And you seem to have had a wild amount of success – not going against that grain, but kind of going against that grain to a little bit.
6: Oh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm definitely different than pretty much anybody in the country. I mean, I pretty much run my same thing, but I'm not scared to take, you know, if I'm cooking four racks of ribs, I'm not scared to do something totally different on two of those racks. You know, a lot of guys don't do that. You know And I mean? I work a full-time job. I can't practice during the week. And if I'm cooking every weekend at a contest, my practice happens at a contest. Will I'll, you... I'll do something. I've, I've trimmed butts completely different. You know, I've, I've trimmed briskets completely different. I've changed that pit a hundred degrees here and there. You know, I, I've done a lot of things, you know, and, and the program that I run, you know, wrapping on color and, and pulling on feel, I can make those changes because I'm not dialed into looking at a gauge going, Oh my God, I'm a two Oh two. I have to pull it. I don't do that. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm old school, man. I wrap on color and I pull on feel. Is there, is there, you, know, a, is there you can a,
0: make those changes. Is, is there a percentage, you know, so let's say if you're cooking three racks that you normally would, and then you have this weirdo rack that you're practicing on or trying something new on, is there a percentage of times at a competition that you will turn in the weirdo rack versus the traditional stuff that you would turn in?
6: Um, probably not a percentage. If I, if we feel it's good, I'll run it. You know, we've done it. Um, you know, we, we've done it a couple of times this year, uh, you know, especially on pork, we, we've put in money muscle off of one and we used pulled off of another one that we thought was good. We did that just this weekend and it was a completely different pulled than what I'd ever ran before. And my wife goes, I really like it, you know. And I was like, I do too. And I was like, i oh, hell, it. Let's run it. And, you know, it was, it was a, you know, I made about three different changes on my injection and I did a little something different when I wrapped it. And I didn't like how the money muscle on that one turned out. But the pulled was fantastic. You the, know, these it's just a call I make if I think my food's great. I mean, I'll run it. The best food goes in the box, no matter what.
0: The changes that you make or the differences that you're adding into an injection, whatever—all stuff that you're making notes on, so you can determine if it's something you're going to be trying the next time out.
6: Yeah, you know that—that's kind of a funny process. My wife is pretty much making our injections now since I've been working later. So she, you know, she'll tell me. I'll, I'll tell her. I'm like send me my injection. I'll sit there and I'll look at it and I'll be sitting there and I'm like, you know what, instead of doing two tablespoons of this, do three. Instead of, you know, three, do two. Uh, it's not drastic changes, but it's amazing what little things like that do. And, and, and the thing is, is that's how easy it is to get off. You know, that's what I was doing on my chicken. I, I had gotten so far off and I just sucked in chicken last year. And that's always been my, my thing I was known for. And, and, and my good friend, you know, Rod Gray, he preaches it to everybody. And Darren will tell you that Rod told him the same thing. I mean, Rod is the man on that of telling you, he said, you're doing something different. You know, you, it's something little that you don't even know you're doing, and, you know, and I'm sitting there, you know, fuck, you know, no, I'm not. you know. And and then you sit there and you write it down. All right, we used to do this. We used to do, well, oh, shit, that was an hour, an hour earlier when we used to do that. Okay. Well, then we used to do this and this, Well oh, shit, we're using a different kind of butter now than what we used to use. And You start thinking about it, and now all of a sudden, you got six or seven things that's different than what you used to do that you think are little bitty things. how, how you know, does, some of that shit adds up to be huge,
0: well, no doubt about it. I mean, if you if you can't think of one, and then you're ending up with a list of you know six, ten different things, that's obviously a, a big deal. So, how does it? You,
6: you know, and and you you don't think it's a little. You don't think you did anything because you know when I changed that butter, I was still hitting. You know, you know, so then then it just kind of goes by the wayside. You know when I started, you know, using a different rub instead of another one, and you were still scoring well, it goes by the wayside. You don't think about that. You you don't. My wife just stepped in and told me to quit cussing. My cussing, I must be.
0: Well, it, it is it is internet radio, so there's no you know you can say whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> and it's me, and I think
6: everybody there's probably a disclaimer <laughs> when I come on. Everybody knows this, but you know just little things like that, Greg. You, you know, and then if you hit, if you make that change and you hit, and you're like, okay. You know, let's try that on half of them again next week, you know, and if it works again and you think it's good, then I might think about doing that on my my second pan of chicken. You know, I always make those little, little tweaks on one thing. I never have gone to a contest, you know, and just swished all my chicken. I might do one pan this way, one pan this way. I'll do two racks of ribs this way. I'll do two racks of ribs this way. I'll do that, but that's my practice, you know, and, and, and I'll do that. But when you sit back and you look at that and you're thinking, okay, well, I used to just do this and this. Well, we're using a whole different rub than what we used to use, you know? Okay. Well, let's go back to that, you know, and you make that change. And, and then, you know, before long, you just find out there's things that you're doing that, that I don't care who you are. You think about it and you didn't really notice it. Well, when you go back, well, let's go back to when I was sitting really hard. That was two years ago. <laughs> what was you doing then? You know, over the period of two years, you've changed something. How you know, long, how uh, long do
0: you I, wait for, you know, obviously you're not getting scores that you're accustomed to. So how long do you take those scores not being where you need to be or where you think they need to be in order for you to say, hey, let's start going back and looking at how we used to do it, generating that list? What kind of a time frame is that?
6: Well, well, I can give you a pretty damn close timeline. Last year I started cooking in March, and we didn't really do great in chicken. And I cooked that same damn chicken all the way up to about the 1st of October before oh, I, before I started changing it, you know, and that's cooking a lot, you know, in between there. And then I started making a few little changes and, and it was just little, very little things, you know, and I think there was some of that, that, that smart chicken had kind of gone to shit, I think, because everybody's cooking it and I wasn't getting as good a chicken. So I started being more selective on my, my product. You know, I just started being a little more selective on things. And, and I, I did a few practice cooks in November, you know, uh, here at the house. And that's something that I have never done. I've never practiced. I mean, that's stupid. I know it sounds, but I, mean, I just never have, you know, and then, so I did some practicing and, and did a few things. And I even cooked a couple of briskets and tried a couple of things. And, uh, you know, hell, I was pretty much happy with all of it. And we started running run it this year and it's hitting again, but you know, it's early in the year. I mean, hell, what, what you're doing now, it's hitting may, may suck here in in another month or two.
0: And that's just something that you've decided that you can live with judges and and trends and and this and that.
6: Yeah. You know, you got to. I mean, I, I think when you get into it, you got to. I've never really, you know, I've never really ventured off anything deep. It's not like I've gone from Kansas city style to, to straight vinegar. You know, I've never done anything radical and I've gone a lot of places where they tell you that, you know, I go cook at Georgia. The first time I went there, they're like, Boy, that Kansas City shit ain't gonna work down here. You better run vinegar. You better do this, and I ran my same old stuff, and, and we won the damn contest. You know, so I, you know, good food's good food. That's another thing that has always been instilled to in me, and I, and I believe that. You know, I, I don't believe that that California food won't won't hit in in Kansas City or in the Midwest, or the Midwest food won't hit out there, or vice versa in Georgia. You know, good food's good food.
0: Darren Worth was on the show last week, and he had said what you said on this. Show a number of times before he hopes to put middle of the road barbecue and he went into a little bit more detail by saying i don't want the judge to bite into that rib or that chicken or that brisket and go hmm i wonder what that spice is or i wonder what's in that he wants them to take a bite and go that's really good and then just put it down and, and move to the next one to me i'm like yeah i would almost want that judge to be like hey what was that like it I see it as him thinking that in a good way, and evidently that's not the right way or, or the best mindset to have. You just want it to be good, and that's it, not have him stew on it or her.
6: Yeah, I, I agree. I want him to take a bite and think, damn, that's good. I don't want to offend anybody. You know, And, and be in the middle of the road, it, that's, that's the easiest way to not offend somebody. I don't want to be too salty. I don't want to be too sweet, and I damn sure don't want to be too hot. You know, and if anything, that's the one thing I tend to do is, is spice it up a little bit much and then try it again after I turn it in and my wife's taking the box and go, oops, that may be a bit warm because I like that. And sometimes I let that get the best of me, you know, but, but I, I agree, you know, middle of the road, you're, you're not going to offend many people, you know, and I can handle a judge that just thinks my stuff is average a lot more than somebody. If I offend them, because if I offend two of them, you're screwed. Yeah, uh, Travis- yeah you, you might get by with offending one, but not two.
0: Travis Clark joining me here on the show, Pitmaster Clark Crew Barbecue Team. Uh, Travis, you did Winter Q this past weekend, great, in Great Bend, Kansas, uh, you grab RGC yeah. out there. Actually, it's a, it's a lot of seconds for you at that event. Actually, you know, you hear yeah. barbecue competition, and you know, you don't go right to thinking about snow and cold, but you deal with that at this event. I mean, are you a guy that's actively tracking the weather leading into event, no matter where it is, or does it have a, a chance to take you by surprise?
6: I, 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 do, I do look at weather and I knew there was a chance of rain and freezing, it started out as rain or freezing rain, which ended up being snow. I, I do look at that. I look at the weather before I get to a town, you know, like if I'm stopped getting fuel, I, you know, I'll type in where I'm going. And I think about that because I try to think of when I pull in, I want to know which direction trailers are parked. You know, if some are going east and west or some of them are going north and south. I want to know where the wind is going to be situated with my pit. I always think about the wind first. I don't care about temperature. I care less. I, I don't even matter. Wind is all that matters to me. I like I mean I like wind coming across my pit a certain direction. I prefer it if it's possible. So I always look at that and I mean there's a there's a lot of times you know they'll they'll say hey we got you a spot right here and I said I'd prefer to be right over there, you know, even if it's a little further away. Uh that's the most important thing to me.
0: From a high level, obviously, you're, you're always happy with a reserve grand. Uh, you'd always like to win it, of course, but a uh, top 10 finish for anybody yeah, you're is something ha- you never like. I'm <laughs> well, Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, no, I mean, it, it was good. To go? Yeah. Good, uh, good, a yeah, lot of good, good. second you place. Know, you, you'd like
6: to, you'd like to, I, I'd feel a lot better coming out with a category win. You know, it was a lot of seconds, <laughs> you know, but hey, that's better than thirds, which I was the king of last year. You know, so, I mean, you're happy with it. It was a good cook. Um, Obviously I could improve things. There's there's things I need to do to, to, to be better. And I uh, I mean I'll never stop for that. Anybody that knows me, I'll never stop that. I mean I'm just always gonna keep going to try to be better every single
0: week. Coming towards the end of March, do you have goals here over the next couple months that you would like to hit or what are your what like what did you what did you plan for twenty seventeen for goals?
6: Um I, I definitely want to be back in the top ten in K C B S. And I want to be in the top ten in every category. That was my goal I set out this year. You know, uh, we didn't get that done in chicken last year, and uh, I don't feel for as many times as I cook that that was acceptable. And I'm going to try everything I can to uh, be in the top ten in every category this year.
0: On the off chance you find yourself in the in the at the end uh, for a run, will, will you will you make a a battle for team of the year, or you have one and that's enough for you?
6: I don't want to get into it like I did with Dave. I mean, that was just—I mean, uh, KCBS means a lot to me. But after doing it, I don't think it was worth that. I, I really don't. I mean, it's—I uh, don't know. I mean, I don't feel that it was worth it. I mean, and uh, if I if I'm if I'm in it, I mean, if I'm legitimately in it, and and it's with with uh, some friends of mine, especially, I think it would mean more to me. You know, I mean, if it's if you're in it and, and it's against Darren or it's against Blaine or against Qualls, again, if it's with your friends, I think that adds a whole other level to it, the, a level of excitement, you know, when you can enjoy, uh, you know, cooking with those guys. I think if it was against somebody that was freaking completely different area than me and, and you know, we weren't going to be going head-to-head, I don't, I don't really know if that would be as fun and I probably wouldn't want to do it.
0: Travis, do you think there's room for – Lack of a better term, multiple teams of the year. In other words, let's say there's a gold level, and that's 35 plus events during the course of the year, and then you have a silver uh, level that absolutely. might be. Is that something that you hear absolutely. being bannered around, or something that you think could could actually get done?
6: Uh, I, I absolutely, I absolutely think it could be. I mean, I, I'm I'm open to a lot of these rules. You know, Sterling and and Qualls. There, there's so many guys. Darren, there's so many guys that have great ideas. And you listen to them, tell them, and they're all great. You know, they all have their valid points. But I definitely think there's a lot of room to improve on the team of the year process. I think, uh, I mean, I'll just say it. I think there's a lot of people that are chicken shit to make that move. You know, I mean, they're all, you know, most of the moves they want to make, you stand back and think, God, you're a dumbass. I mean, that has nothing to benefit barbecue or the cooks, you know. There's, you know, I think it gets to that point. Where I I think if it's going to be made, I think, I think there needs to be a lot of research put into it. I think there needs to be a lot of input. I hear all the time that there's only 10 teams in the country that give a shit about team of the year. I hear that all the fricking time, you know? And I think, you know, and it pisses me off because I work my ass off to do it. Yeah. And and when some chicken shit says that, I mean, you're taking, you're taking and devaluing what the hell I work for. And, And it pisses me off, you know, but at the end of the day. You know, if that's how they feel about it, that's fine. You know, so if that's the case, if only 10 of us care about it, why don't you ask those 10 what they think they ought to do with the team of the year? You know, I mean, why the hell I got some clown up there that don't know anything about it making that decision if nobody cares about it? You know, so, I mean, it's, a, it's one of those things that can get pretty heated about it. You know, I mean, there, there's a lot of good decisions. I mean, I don't think it should be a year-long deal like this. You know, little things, you know, maybe there was brought up the point of starting a season at different times to, to encourage more people to do it. I can see the good and bad of that. It gives you more options of where to go cook, but also it doesn't make your best teams have to compete against each other. You know, so that's kind of a downfall. I mean, I don't know if there's a right or wrong way, but I think there's some things that could be done to improve it. And I think there's a hell of a lot of people with a lot of brains and a lot of smarts about it. And those decisions should be made other than a bunch of people in a damn room making a decision that don't know shit about it.
0: Uh, Trav, so, where, where are you going to be competing at next?
6: Um, uh, let's see. I got a class this weekend in Wisconsin, oh. and then I go to Shawnee, Oklahoma, and do that double header. I think they're going to have like a hundred teams there. Wow.
0: Yeah. yeah,
6: you love you love the big ones. Oh God, I do. It's so fun. I mean, anything goes. I mean, that's that's the kind of contest. I mean, you know, two calls to win it. You know, most contests you cook. You know, you got to have three or four calls. It kind of keeps it pretty exciting. You know, two calls can win a contest like that.
0: Uh, Is the uh, class full this weekend?
6: It is. All right. You know, we could, we could probably take a couple more. I think there's like 50 people in it. You know, it's a, with spouses and everything like that, but it's, it's a big class, big room. It'll be a good one.
0: Going to be up there in Wisconsin. uh, We
6: got, we got one. Yeah. It's lacrosse, Wisconsin. We got one uh, next, next month in uh, April. We got our last class that we're going to do this year down there. Uh, uh, here in UConn again and then I'm not going to do anything else until we may do one in the fall I I don't know, I don't even want to do one then
0: Uh, He is the pitmaster of Clark Crew Barbecue Team Travis Clark, uh, currently sitting atop the KCBS Team of the Year points race He's going to be giving a class in La Crosse, Wisconsin this weekend and then competing week after that in the big double Uh, Trav, always appreciate the time man, thanks so much for coming on Hey, thank you You got it? Bye Hey, that's Travis Clark right there if you need him. Uh he will be giving a class. Uh sorry, hold on one second.
4: All guests on the Barbecue Central Show appear via the Smithfield Yummy.
0: So if you're gonna be up there in the lacrosse area, you may or may not give him a shout. Email, hit him on the Facebook, see if you wanna if he's got any open room left for his class. As I said in the open. Travis Clark, um, not at all afraid of letting it fly. (laughs) (laughs) I love that as a host, by the way. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the CHOPS Power Injector System, the NBBQA 2015 and 16 Tool of the Year. Let's see if they can make it three years in a row in a couple weeks. Let me talk to you about them. There's a half-gallon CHOPS Power Injector. I have one of these. Designed for the competition, guy or gal, or just to pump up the backyard warrior like me. So easy to use, right? Clean it, fill it, pump it, and away you go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It will use it all. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two-replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. It's 100 bucks, and you pay the shipping. Then you have the one-gallon CHOPS power injector system. It holds double the amount of the half-gallon. That's why they call it the gallon. Some use it in competitions, like when you are cooking MBN whole hog or 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement, plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector, 120 bucks plus you pay the shipping. Then you have the Chops Full Power Injector System. It's electric. It is the commercial and competition big daddy. This time, it's not a holding tank. Instead, it's a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube tube that you can put in any size container from a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum that was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City and he has said time and time again that with the CHOPS Full Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch 12-gauge needles, 2-inch 11-and-a-half gauge needles, 3 plug screws and a needle protector $325 plus you pay the shipping. A number of the top pitmasters in the world use the CHOPS power injector system every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. Here's the thing. We live in a foodie world that requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast. It's not just for meat. How about alcohol-infused watermelon? Yeah, baby. Every injector, hand-assembled in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. They got all the accessories that you might want. Here's what you do. You visit them barbecuekansascity.com that's b a r b e q u e barbecuekansascity.com You can also visit Chop's barbecue restaurant in Kansas City as well. I might do that next month when I'm in Kansas City for a volleyball tournament. The Chop's barbecue restaurant. Check it out. All right, we're back with Doug Shiding right after this. Stick around, we'll be right back.
4: to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
0: The biggest name in pork is bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get smoking with Smithfield and their grant program and Committed Cooks program. You can learn more at SmokinWithSmithfield.com. That's SmokinWithSmithfield.com. My next guest is the official Texas correspondent, also the pitmaster of rogue barbecue cookers. Welcome back. Doug Shining, to the show. Doug, what's up?
5: How are you, back?
0: I'm uh, doing very well. Let me reset my uh, news Scene here, get Travis Clark out of the way. There's Doug. All right, uh, bad connection. I got to hang up and call you right back. Okay. Uh, sounded like ass. Woof. Sometimes the uh, Skype is. Oh. Wow. What is that? Woof. We might have to go Hotline Jones here, Doug.
5: No worries. It seems to be a little more clear now.
0: I'm getting an incredible amount of electric on the line for some reason. Just uh just call the hotline. 216-220-0966. Oh, wait, did it go away?
2: No, I'm here. Yeah,
0: the um, the electric went away though.
2: All right, hey. Oh, okay.
0: Well, no, it didn't. It didn't. Oh, oh, oh my lord. Call the phone. All right, right. Hanging up on Doug. You're hearing that, right? God, annoying. I hate when that happens. How can how can I have a perfectly good interview with Travis Clark and then I call on the Skype, which is supposed to be phenomenal, and then I get crap.
4: Good
0: lord. Oops. Doug. Greg. Wow, way better. How do you not know the call in line, Doug? doing? I had it
5: under Barbecue Central right. instead of uh, <laughs> under Greg Rampe, so That's funny.
0: All right, so let's get into it here a little bit. Um, Of course, last week I had Darren Worth on the show recapping the big win in Texas for the barbecue side of things. I guess uh, let's start there. I mean, he was runner-up a couple years before that. He's been in a total of three times. He said this was a huge event as far as the bucket list of items that they needed to cross off. Uh, prior to last week, this was the one to, that was the last one to cross off. According to him, he had won everything else. We've kind of backtracked a little bit on that. But from your perspective, being a guy down in Texas, you see a lot of Texas stuff going on. You see a guy come down from Iowa and win a Houston Livestock and Rodeo, certainly not pitting one state against the next or anything like that, but just from a competitor's situation. Uh, how big of a win is that for a true KCBS guy?
5: Oh, I, I think it's fantastic, and uh, oddly enough, we were the ones that actually uh, somehow beat him that year in 2015. And <laughs> in, in a way, I, f- I felt a little bad, but knowing him, and as he proved, he uh, he came through and won it. Uh, you know, he's he's there almost every year. I think he's been there three out of the last four years. So um, uh, that many that many shots at, uh, at winning it, he was going to win it sooner or later.
0: Are you? a believer in the fact that while he had on a number of occasions backed off Memphis in May last week, he said, well, if you know, if you would have asked me Saturday, I would have said I had no interest in doing it. But on a Tuesday at nine fourteen Eastern time PM, he said, yeah, you know what? We're thinking about that and, and we might entertain it. You think that that's something he might follow through with?
5: I think so. I think, you know, as much as he, you know, he says he likes to have fun, and you know, it's fun when you win, uh, obviously. But um, I think he's still somewhat of a competitor, and the, and the chance to to go down in history of winning them all, including Memphis and in May, despite the uh, the little bit of pomp and circumstance that you have in uh, the parading of the judges in and those sorts of things. Uh, I think he would give it a give it a shot, and and I agree with you. I think he's got the notoriety that uh, he would be held up in the same regard as you know. Tuffy and Myron and things like that.
0: Uh, just from a purely speculation standpoint, if he were to compete in Memphis and May and win it, in your opinion, does he immediately go down as the greatest barbecue competition cook of all time?
5: Uh, absolutely. I mean, there's potentially the argument that, that could be made for him right now. So uh, so I, I think if he won that, that would certainly solidify it if, if he hasn't already done so.
0: That no. that leads to this question. If he does that the following year, is he immediately voted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame? I would say absolutely, yes.
4: <laughs>
0: Some of us work so hard to be ignored. All right, Doug. Um, in in, uh, in keeping up with the Houston Livestock and Rodeo discussion, there was a Steve, I can't believe it's kind of become termed that, a Steve Harvey-esque moment, uh, its own little weird announcement debacle in the dessert category. Talk to me about that.
4: Well,
5: you know, the dessert the fr- is a Friday turn-in, and they only announce on Friday they come and, and do the pomp, and you know, in circumstance they ring the cowbells and horns and people cheer, and then they give you a finalist sign, so only the three teams that finished one, two, and three were, were announced on, uh, on Friday evening. So they are automatically, those three teams get to go up on stage on Saturday along with the, uh, the top eight in the uh, you know, chicken, ribs, and, and brisket. So they, they already know that they've made the finals and that they'll be up on stage regardless of, of how they finish in, in the three major meets.
0: Where does the debacle start?
5: the debacle started. Well, the, you know, the Saturday went, you know, they had the the awards and they had those three teams up, up on stage. And um, we we noticed that they didn't give us the results on Saturday evening for the, for the, the different uh, Dutch oven finalists and how you placed. And so we, uh, I did get something, some news on Sunday because I was curious because we, you know, my wife cooked and, and she wanted to know how she did. Uh, she had placed eighth and 16th there before. So she thought she would you know, do decently this year. And then, so then we, it came back that we, we finished 30th, but, um, in, in what we got, it, it said that we cooked an apple do and Jen's, my wife was like, we cooked bread pudding. And I said, well, babe, maybe it's just a, <laughs> you know, they, they misclassified it. And, and, uh, lo and behold, kind of behind the scenes, I know the team that, um, w- was, was, uh, second in the Saturday results and his, his dessert was called chocolate orgasm. And he was like, oh. what's going on here? Cause I talked to him uh, later in the week and he's like, that's not what we cooked. We cooked a, a cheesecake. And, uh, <laughs> so I, I, as I understand it in the quote unquote auditing that they did after, the results were done. They found out that there was a mistake. And so what happened is, is that uh, the team that was announced second, um, Simon Flores of, um, he cooked for the bull or a radio station. um, He actually wound up winning it. And so they, the results were finally posted on the Houston rodeo barbecue website on Thursday following the Saturday, you know, so quite a few days in between, and um, as it turns out, he wound up winning, and then the team that finished first actually finished seventh in the new standings, Oof. and the the poor team that uh, finished third, they wound up finishing 57th.
0: 57th? <laughs> yes. What? Yes. So, yes. so second goes to first, first goes to seventh. Third goes to fifty-seven. Holy shit! Fifty-seven. That's. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. that's a uh, that that's got to be the biggest error of them all. I mean, first to second to first, okay. Third to uh, first to seventh. I mean, that's kind of a big drop. But third to fifty-seventh—that's a punch in the mouth.
5: It's. It, I feel badly for that team, you know, because they have to give up the trophy, and they, Oof. you know you know took the puppy dog trophy home and you know took pictures and celebrated and and then also the teams that um, you know wound up finishing second and third they oh. didn't get their uh, their moment up on the stage yeah right so, um, wow um
0: after the fact and, and
5: right after the fact Yikes. after the fact and well it so, so it, and, it, and it was it was I'm sorry it was released on an abc the local abc affiliate they had a short little blurb that um you know basically the the Houston rodeo goofed the uh the results, so um th- but other than that, I really haven't seen anything else about it, and you know, probably in their mind they 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 just as soon it kind of go away, but
0: yeah, well, I would imagine, I mean, can you imagine being that third place team you're you get back, you're taking pictures, you start game planning for next year, and you're like, man, we just need to make a few small minor tweaks to get back up in the into the top three, maybe in first place. And then you realize that not only did you make some small tweaks, you pretty much need a friggin' overhaul at 57th place, right? <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah. Wow.
5: Exactly. Exactly. My wife was much happier with the final results because she wound up ninth. And so she was like, okay, that's, that's much better. You so. were affected too? Yes. We went wow. from 30th <gasps> to, to ninth. ninth. Yes. And I knew it. Yeah. Oh, my. Top 10. Wow.
3: Wow. <laughs> that's insane.
5: Yeah, it, it is, and and so you know, in the blurb, they said none of the other results were affected, <laughs> but um, you know, I, if I had my guesses, I think they were uh, still using Excel spreadsheets, and there was probably a, a sort problem or something, uh, just based on the format of wow. the, of,
0: well, the uh, of
5: the way the way the results are.
0: In in affirmation to your wife's bread pudding recipe, I had that when you were up at. The Hartville Hardware thing, where I met you and Doctor Barbecue for the rib contest, which you know,
3: oh yeah, didn't go
0: my yes. way really. I'm still waiting for those results to be uh, recalculated, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Nevertheless, <laughs> call Steve Harvey. Yeah, yeah that,
5: Call Steve Harvey or Price Waterhouse Coopers, and then maybe they'll uh, change them.
0: That dessert is definitely not a thirtieth place dessert. So you know, top ten, uh, ninth place overall, certainly a more fitting situation. So were there a lot of other people that were bottom feeders that got bumped up quite a bit too then or no?
5: You know, I, I didn't see the, the whole, you know, the whole results. I just saw the first page, which is what we are of the initial results. So I didn't, I didn't get a copy because they didn't release it to the, to the general public. And, uh, so I, I don't know, you know, kind of how all the changes were. I just, you know, it's, it's easy just to figure out who the top three were, on the stage, wow. and then how they finished in the final results. So, so far. Uh, I actually know the team that that was third, and and then wound up finishing fifty seventh. So,
0: yikes! Um, all right, uh, talk to me quickly about a new barbecue hall of fame that is emerging: the International Barbecue Cookers Association Hall of Fame.
5: Yes, they just announced this about a week ago, and they are uh, probably going to do the first class. I, I don't know this for sure, but the that probably in the uh, the August uh, time frame, which is when they have their annual meeting, and they're going to have a, a new banquet. Uh, so the requirements are: you can you can nominate people. You can't self nominate. You have to oh, wow. not be nominated by somebody else. So you have to be a member in good standing. Okay. Um, uh, you have to be competing or have provided service to the IBCA for for ten years. Ten years of so successive a, service. Uh, I guess service that would also qualify, you know, if you're a head judge and you don't compete and, but, you know, you, you go to 30, 40 cookoffs a year and spend most of your weekends as a, as a head judge. So I'm presuming that's, that's the type of service that they're, that they're talking about. And, and then you have to, uh, you know, uh, have a history of promoting the IBCA in a, in a positive manner. So there is a category for non-members but uh, you have to be directly connected to the IBCA and, and this the promotion is, of
0: IBCA. This is ten years of like not once in ten years, but you have to have racked up ten years as a qualifier to to start being in the conversation of uh, IBCA Hall of Fame.
5: Yes, that's that's some of the re- uh, that's one of the requirements. Right. Either ten years competing, or you know, combined with you know some service. So maybe if you were a head judge for five years and competing
0: for five years, you would qualify. So do you like this setup? You okay with it?
5: Yeah, I'm okay with it. I mean, the, to me, you know, there there is some, you know, some guidelines, you know, you have to be a member in the 10 years competing, et cetera. So, you know, I think that's getting most of the way in terms of, you know, instead of just opening it up and having a popularity contest sort of thing. But um, uh, in the end, you, you know, you would think that uh, the cream would, you know, go to the top and you'd be able to, you know, name five cookers that should immediately be in the you know the the Texas uh, or IBCA Hall of Fame.
0: So, does this dilute the other barbecue Hall of Fame? I mean, obviously, this is specific to IBCA, but I mean, I could certainly make an argument that there's a number of IBCA cooks or cooks that cook in the IBCA that could also get put into the other barbecue Hall of Fame uh, that's down at the uh, American Royal that they've started here over the last couple of years. Does it dilute um is it competing is it does it make it kind of weird now that there's going to be factions of barbecues halls of fame? Ish?
5: Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's more of the competing to a certain extent, and, but that's what you've got with the, you know, multiple organizations that that we have throughout the US. So, you know, in the end uh, each each organization could have their own uh, their own sure. hall of fame,
0: right? Could be KCBS Hall of Fame and an FBA Hall of Fame and the IBCA Hall of Fame, and then the Barbecue Hall of Fame, whatever that is.
5: Exactly. So what? I mean, and, and that was you know one of the when when you interviewed Michael, that was kind of what he was talking about that uh, you know the there's too many different factions instead of you know one overarching uh, national barbecue you know Cookers Association mm. or whatever that that basically is is a conglomeration of all of them. Um,
0: Doug, where are you going to be competing at next?
5: Uh, my next competition is April 1st. I'm going to be competing in, uh, in New Braunfels, but uh, I'm also uh, going to be competing in the, uh, the Traeger uh, Meat Madness. And uh, so I've submitted a recipe and we'll see how that goes. They they pick 64 recipes and and then they compete against each other on a, on, on their website, yeah, so.
0: uh, like an NCAA bracket thing.
5: Yeah, 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 and they're and they're calling it Meat Madness.
0: All right, uh, breaking down the dessert debacle at Houston Livestock Rodeo and the IBCA Barbecue Hall of Fame. He is the pitmaster of rogue barbecue cookers, and more importantly, the official embedded Texas correspondent of the Barbecue Central Show. Doug Shiding. Doug, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much.
5: Thank you, Greg. Appreciate you it. Bye bye.
0: It's Doug. Everybody knows Doug. Everybody loves Doug. I love
4: Doug. All guests on the Barbecue Central show appear via the Smithfield hotline. Yummy.
0: Uh, so he will be in the NCAA-styled bracket for Traeger, so look for that. Vote for Doug. I mean, everything's a popularity contest now, except the IBCA. That's not a popular. You cannot self-nominate. That puts me right out. Mm. All right, let's talk for a few minutes about the longest-running sponsor of the show, located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru. Gang, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cooker, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why are you going to buy it from anybody else? If you're not familiar with how they work, I don't get into the minutiae here, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature And once set, keeps it running at that temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this technology today because maybe, just maybe, you're a busy working professional or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids doing errands, going to volleyball tournaments, softball games. Quite frankly, you just don't have that time to set around and tend the pit temps. We get it. The guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a slab of ribs, or all of that and you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done and the guru maintains that temperature you set it at. Here are the models right now, Cyber-Q Wi-Fi, blowing up like hotcakes, Digiq DX2, most popular ever. Then you have uh, Party-Q, right, easiest point of entry when it comes to automatic potemperature control technology. It's a single unit, self-contained, runs on AA batteries, can go from keto style to bullet style to ceramic style, doesn't matter. If you're in the market for a cooker, look no further than the new revamped Onyx Oven. The Onyx Oven now winning across the country in competitions and backyards. Do yourself a favor. Head on over to BBQGuru.com and check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly. 800-288-GURU they will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box don't guess when you're looking at the website you're looking at all the stuff available if you're not sure it's going to fit on your cooker what size fan you need this and that call and ask again 800-288-GURU or visit the website bbqguru.com the barbecue guru is a breakthrough in barbecue technology we're back to wrap it up stick around
4: Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best Triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpey. All right. Thanks again
0: to Doug Scheiding for joining me. Let's go ahead and uh, get ready to wrap this bad boy up. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Meathead Goldwyn. Yeah, Meathead. Talked a little bit about corned beef and brisket and pastrami and all that good stuff. Got a little recap of Meathead in Paradise. He's going to be down at the NBBQA end of the Buff, in Fort Worth. So if you're going to go to that, he's giving a speech on barbecue and grilling and how they're related or the common factor that binds them all together. I have an idea. At 10.14, we talked with Travis Clark and where he's at in the competition season, amongst some other barbecue topics as well. We ended the show with Doug Scheiding from uh, Rogue Cookers, talking about the Houston Livestock and Rodeo dessert issue, 3rd to 57. Third 3rd to 57. However, Doug, 30th to 9th. Yeah, baby. So good. That bread pudding is so good. All right, a uh, big show laid out already for next week. Stephen Reichlin obviously in because it's the third Tuesday of the month, amongst others. September eleventh, two 2001, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Reppi. Good night now.